Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast and welcome to part three of my interview with Miki Addison from the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. I know that this has been such a great encouragement to you guys. I'm assuming you've listened to parts one and two. If you haven't, go back and listen to those and it it kind of sets the stage for um, the rest of our discussion today. Um, but we're talking about culture proofing our families and how we can equip our kids to effectively engage in and transform culture. And of course, it all points back to the Word of God. So we are so glad that you have joined us this week for this conversation. Again, you can still access the entire conference at homegrowngeneration.com. And it's only $20. You'll have access to the entire conference. Um, and we know that you'll greatly enjoy it. So join us for this last part of my session with Miki Addison. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation. And BJU Press exists to help you in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. To be quite honest, you know, it's kind of funny and I'm going to be super transparent here. We, we do the podcast, right? The Schoolhouse Rock podcast. We're doing this event this week and we're talking about homeschooling. And part of homeschooling is the academics, right? To be quite honest with you, I don't care about academics. I, I care about academics for this reason. And we talked about this on Monday, Garrett and I. I care about them only for this reason. One, I want my girls to be able to read and write so they can read about the Lord and write about him. I want them to understand the basics of science so that they can understand God as creator. I want them to understand history so that they can understand his story and how he created everything and why he created it and the mistakes of the past. So we don't remake those mistakes. I want them to understand math because God is a God of order, not chaos. Aside from the basics of those things that, that lead our kids to Christ, I couldn't care less about academics in light of my kids' souls. I care more about their eternal souls than anything else because I know that when they get to heaven and they come face to face with their creator, God is not going to care whether or not they know all their multiplication facts. That's right. right. I'm not saying those are bad things, but I'm saying he's not going to ask them that. And so then that begs the question, what is it going to be like? Right. When we come face to face with our Lord, because we're all going to do it, saved or not. And what is he, how is he going to respond? Is he going to ask us questions? Is he going to say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant? Is he going to say, what have you done in my name Mm -hmm. and with me during your time on earth? It's why our kids are here. We are here. And we've talked about this several times this week. Each one of us, every mom, every dad, every child is here on purpose and for a purpose. Amen. And our purpose right now as moms and dads is to lead our kids to Christ. Yes. That is our main purpose is to teach them about the love of Jesus. So I want to park there for a minute. And if you guys have questions, please pop those up. We would love to answer those. But I want to park there for a minute, Miki. I want you to talk to the parent because I think so many parents, we rely on the pastor and on the youth pastor and on the other people in their life to lead our kids to Christ. How, as parents, do we lead our kids? And and I'm asking you, like, I want you to share the gospel right now. I want you to share how, as parents, do we take our children under our wings Mm -hmm. and lead them to the saving grace of Jesus to where they're on their knees and saying, Lord, I need Mm -hmm. you every moment of my life. 
share that with us. Yeah, you know, this is so near and dear to my heart, as I believe it is to all parents that we who love Jesus, we want our kids to know him and to love him. And one of the greatest mistakes I think that we've made in American Christianity is that we have been taught in so many different messages. Guys, just think about what we've been taught as parents, that we cannot do the things that God has commanded us to do. So we believe that we can't educate our kids because we have a system that says that we're ill-equipped. We also believe that we cannot disciple our kids because we've got youth pastors all across this country who believe because we have said to them, you do it, you do it. Well, I got to tell you, we travel all across this country and here's what the youth pastors are saying to us. Parents are expecting us to work miracles. Mm -hmm. They're expecting us to do in one evening what they've not done in several evenings throughout the week. Right. And so here is what we've got to do. We've got to return to obeying God's commandments that we are passing down the gospel to our children. Remember the apostle Peter, the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost. This promise is for you and your children. Yeah. You and your children and everyone afar off whom the Lord your God will call always in full view of the proliferation of the gospel was that it would begin in our families. So let's talk practically what that looks like. It means from the earliest age, we biblically are going to to, um, mirror for our kids what it is to be in the family of God. You understand that all of these things that are kind of like shadows and types, we have a natural understanding of these things so that when the Lord drops on us, this spiritual principle, we have a point of reference. We understand what that means. We've seen this in marriage. So we've got marriage from the beginning. We've got Adam and Eve. They are the first unit, right? But then yeah. this is a mystery that's hidden for generations. And then the apostle Paul says in Ephesians, it's about Christ and the church. So the same thing of the family, you've got family units, right? Going all the way back to the beginning, you've got family dynamics and you follow all of these families throughout history. And then you get in the New Testament context of the church and we learn that we're in the family of God. What is God doing? He is using these natural principles to communicate deep spiritual concepts to us that if we pay attention, we understand how he wants us to operate. So when we tell our kids to obey, why is that important? Because God tells us to obey. So this is when you begin putting the training wheels on. When we tell them to submit to authority, why is that important? Because we submit to God's authority. When we judge their wrongdoing, And when we administer the consequences of that wrongdoing, we are teaching them from the very youngest of ages that God judges sin and that we must pay the penalty of that sin, right? right? And then let me go a step further because there are many times where we say to our kids, you know, here is what you deserve, but there is something called grace. I remember Mm -hmm. when our daughters were really little, um, they learned that word so fast. They learn that word so fast. I mean, <laughs> we've got our oldest at three years old, four years old. And it's like, I can't believe you did that. And she would say, Grace, please, Grace, Grace. That's what she would say, you know? And there are times that we would we would give it, okay, Grace, but next time you've got, you will be punished, you know? So we start to teach our kids all of these spiritual themes, connecting them to their natural existence. We're doing these things as parents because this is what has captured our heart. So we teach yeah. our kids, listen, And we try to get our kids to think deeply about the things that they do. Why do they do the things that they do? And we try to connect a lot of the way that they think to the fact that we are sinful. This shows that sin is in our DNA. It is the only thing, and all the things we talk about that are systemic, 
Sin is systemic. It is in our DNA. And so Jesus Christ loved us so much that he came to die, not because of the acts that we commit. People have to understand, we commit sinful acts because we are sinful people. So Jesus came to die for us so that we could be born again and have newness of life. We try to train our kids this from the earliest of ages. The first time our kids hear the gospel, we do not want that to be when we are in church. I personally, this is, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody at all. My personal conviction is that our children should hear the gospel inside our homes as often and as frequently as possible. It should be reiterated even once they confess their sin and accept and receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It should be reiterated to make sure that they actually understand what they have now subscribe to like if they really do believe this let's make sure that they really understand this so i would say from the earliest of ages we begin modeling spiritual principles in a natural context yeah amen whoo and that starts with god's word it starts with us as parents knowing the word of god and if you're if you're early and you know maybe you're just maybe you're not even a believer maybe you you don't know the love of our father yet open up your Bible and start reading, start reading in Genesis and then read the gospels. Understand who God is. And mom, understand that he loves you so very much. It's as I'm listening to to this, you know, we, we titled this session, culture proofing our families. And if I could go back and retitle it, I would maybe retitle it. God is worthy. And as you're talking about your kids, understanding their need for obedience, we tell our kids all the time, they still roll their eyes when we say it, you know, uh, that, that, uh, sin causes pain, but, uh, obedience brings blessings. I'm like, what do we say? I say it all the time. Sin causes pain, but obedience brings blessings. We want blessings for our kids, just like the Lord wants blessings for us. And so by doing the things that God's called us to do by obeying his commands, by obeying his words, it's not hard, but it does take intention. And part of that is home educating our kids. Yes. Part of that is doing the hard thing. It is hard to educate our kids. It would be so much easier for us to put our kids on the school bus, have them go off for several hours a day and have someone else teach them. It would be easier, but God is worthy. He is worthy of every bit of work, every sweat, bead, every tear that we shed. He is worth the work that we put into being with them, building that relationship with them and pointing them to their creator. One of my favorite verses is third John one, four, and it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Amen. There is literally no greater joy. There's nothing that I could imagine ever in my whole life that would grieve me more than knowing that my children, that my girls, my two daughters, Brooklyn and Lacey, that they would walk away from the Lord. I cannot Mm. imagine anything more painful, not a death, not a cancer, not anything in the world that would be more painful for me as a mom than to know that my girls have walked away from the Lord and praise God. They love Jesus. Amen. I'm so thankful for that, but it's not over. It's not like they just, you know, prayer, prayer and good luck kids. You're on your own now for the rest of your life. We have a high calling moms. Amen. And here's the exciting thing. You are completely ill-equipped to do this. Mm, You cannot do this. I am completely ill-equipped. Miki is completely ill-equipped. We cannot do this without the help of the Lord and the Holy Spirit to help us through this. And then in the end, he gets to get all the glory and we get to say, look what God did because of my obedience. Look what he did because I was willing to say yes and answer the call Mm -hmm. to keep my kids home, even on the hardest days. So moms stick with it. Don't give up. 
keep going. There's, there, there are so many great years ahead, even through the yes. difficult, most difficult of days. Um, sorry, we're, we're, this is fun, Miki. <laughs> You've got okay. me fired up, girl. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I see a question here from Samantha. If you guys have more questions, we have just a few minutes left. Um, and so go ahead and pop those in there. If you do, Samantha asked this, what approach do you suggest for conversations with fellow Christians that have kids in public school about homeschooling? It feels like crossing a line, though it feels wrong not to bring it up. Oh, that's such a great question, Samantha. Um, Miki, do you want to jump on that one? Sure. I would just say this. I would say love and humility goes a long way in this conversation. So often what I think in the homeschooling community, we take for granted that those who are not educating their kids or discipling their kids at home, we take for granted that they know we're not accusing them of not loving their kids. So when we're talking to someone who's not educating their kid at home, what they hear us saying is, we're better, Mm -hmm. you don't love your kid. So as much as we wish that we could just have that established as a baseline, I love you, I know you love your kid, I'm not trying to exalt myself, I'm not trying to press you down. we, We can't assume that. So we've gotta begin from the place of maybe even an exaggerated humility and just asking questions, how are you doing? Yeah. How are your children doing? And and be honest where we share the pitfalls of home education. Listen, I was in a small town um, just this past weekend. And in this small town, they suffered a tragic loss. It was a 14-year-old kid who was homeschooled and he committed suicide. Uh. So what we've got to recognize is that my kids are not saved because I homeschooled them. Right. Do you understand? Like yeah. homeschooling is not salvific. However, it is what, as I, as I dig out of the scriptures and I come to understand what God wants me to do with my children, I see that as the best course of action to achieve that end. Now, I'm not combating other kids' personalities as I'm working with them because they're here. So something that aggravates me, I got to take responsibility for that because they're around me all day long, right? So I think if we can approach the question or the conversations with humility, and compassion, if we ask questions, right? Hey, did you read Mm -hmm. this article? Hey, did you know that this was happening in schools all across the country? Did you know that this was, if we bring that question from a place of really, if if it's a sale at a store, you would tell a parent, then you tell the parent that. And so I would say, I, I guess that's how I would respond. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, truly it's years ago when we started homeschooling, we were early in our homeschool journey. I I became kind of a homeschool evangelist because I said I'd never homeschool. Never. I mean, I was like, never, ever will I do that to myself, to my kids. I hated school the first time. Why would I want to do it again? And I had convinced myself that it was not for our family. And then the Lord changed our hearts. But I would talk to people and just naturally it would flow out of me because I didn't know what else to say. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it just was part of our family. It was part of who we were. And for that reason, that is one of the reasons that we created the documentary Schoolhouse Rocked. And so you've probably seen the trailers for it throughout this week. Um, the whole documentary will answer your questions and everyone else's questions about homeschooling. And it debunks all of the misconceptions it debunks all the negative stereotypes and it brings encouragement to the homeschool parent. And it's, we made that because we saw that there were so many people who needed answers, but they didn't, you know, either the people talking to them didn't know what to say or how to say it, or there was just not a tool that was available for, for 
being able to give to people to say, here's, here's a way to answer your questions about homeschooling, or here's why we do what we do. And so you can stream it for free. Schoolhouserockedmovie.com. Stream the movie for free. Show it to your friends. Offer it to them. We have DVDs too. If you want to purchase a DVD, you can do that and give it to them and say, you know, I just, I want you to understand why I have chosen to homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe this movie will help you to understand it. That movie is a tool for you. So hopefully that will be helpful to you. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. Mercedes is asking, what were the two articles mentioned? Um, Okay, great question. I'm not sure... The second article, I can't remember what I said, but I know that the one I talked about, Why American Children Stopped Believing in God, it's a National Review article um, written by a man named Cameron Hilditch, H-I-L-D-I-T-C-H, Cameron Hilditch. It's from 2020, but it's based off the research from the American Enterprise Institute, where they looked at religion in America over the past 60 years. So if you go to American Enterprise Institute, and um, type in Lyman Stone. I know I'm giving a lot of information. He's the one who authored the research. Or you could just find the article from National Review. It's from 2020, but it's why American children stopped believing in God. I think if you start there, you can probably find some hyperlinks and get to the actual research. Okay. Okay, great. Yes. Um, Hopefully you guys can find it um, with all that research. And then I want to say the second one, maybe, I don't know if it was an Article, but I think maybe she's talking about where you were giving all the statistics of hours spent. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Now I don't remember where I found that. I'd okay. have to. I'm gonna have to go back and look that up. I don't know if I cited my source okay. on that. Okay. I'll have to go back and find that information okay. for you guys. Yeah. No problem. Um, and then Carrie's asking this: What are your suggestions when a child starts questioning their faith when they mm-hmm. don't want to search anymore? Oh, that's a great question, Carrie. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is so important for our kids to know is that we have evidence for the faith. And so often we're afraid to lean on the evidence because we feel like it removes the faith from it. You know, Mm -hmm. we still have faith. We cannot come to God unless we have faith. But guys, we also have evidence for the faith. So the question that I, I press my kids and I say, this is what you have to answer did Jesus Christ rise from the dead? Do we have enough evidence? Do we have enough eyewitness account that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? And based on what we've taught them, based on the evidence and the research, they've read it themselves, they arrive at the conclusion, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, so if he rose from the dead, 
does that then mean that all of his claims are true? And that has to mean that all of his claims are true. So he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the son of God, the only way to God, right? And so if that is true, then where else are you going to go? So mm -hmm. you're tired, you're, you're you know, kind of wearied. My question is, where else are you going to go? It's the same question that Jesus asked his disciples in John chapter six, where, you know, he was saying, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you're going to come after me. And so many people who were following him, just seeing the miracle, the fish and the loaves, they like turned and went away. And Jesus turns to his remaining disciples and he's like, do you also want to go? Mm -hmm. And Peter, the mouthy one, pipes up. He's like, where else are we going to go for you alone? Have the words of eternal life. And I think that's that's the kind of conversation that we need to have with our children. If Jesus quoted from the Old Testament scripture, can we trust the reliability of the Old Testament scriptures? Yes. Amen. So do we have evidence of real encounters with God that I am is the creator, that we have evidence and historical record to back the fact that he is, that he does exist, he is the great I am. Yes. And then also in a New Testament context on the road to Emmaus, what does the Bible teach us? That Jesus began to show them in all of the scriptures, mm -hmm. the prophecy and the evidence that pointed to himself. So if we can reaffirm for our kids that what we believe is not a fairy tale, that mm -hmm. what we believe is not something that we just, it just makes us feel good. I try to explain to my kids, look, there are things that the Bible requires me to do that don't make me feel good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes it's hard to go and repent to someone and to apologize. But why do we do these things? Because God is real, because yeah. he exists, because he sent his son, his son completed the mission, Amen. the reason for which he was sent, rose again, is seated at the right hand of the father, making intercession for us. There's evidence. And and I, I don't want to go on too much, but I think this is such an important question yeah. that we show our kids. We come to the Lord by faith, but the Lord backs up the faith. It's not a blind faith. It's not just believe. Right. We teach Even the demons believed. That's exactly right. That's yeah. right. It is belief in. It is right. faith in. And I often say this as a joke. We teach our kids that faith and belief and hope must be taught like we teach fractions. You don't just walk up to someone and say, give me a third. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, a third of what? Like, help me out here. You know what I mean? Like, what are you looking for? So we say you must have belief in God. You must have belief in Jesus Christ. You must have faith in his completed work. It's yeah. not just, and we have a lot of these signs that are everywhere. Have faith, believe. And we're like, in what? Right. Like, <laughs> give me something to work with here, you know? Oh, so good. So good. And Carrie, I would say, don't give up hope. Um, we, I, I actually have a friend, I'll tell the story very quickly um, before we sign off. I have a friend who I grew up with. Her mom was a dedicated follower of Christ, raised her six kids to love Jesus. And when this friend became an adult, I mean, at like 18, 19 years old, she just fell hard. I mean, she went the way of the world in a big way. And her mom says she never stopped praying for her. I mean, she just prayed and prayed and prayed. She would be on her knees daily for her daughter's soul. And years later, I'm talking probably 20 years later, and this is really a, an important part. Let me back up. As this girl was being raised, her mom was teaching her scripture, like memorizing mm. the word of God mm -hmm. constantly, always. They were always memorizing something from God's word. And so when she was had fallen away from the Lord, she came to this point in her life, 20 or so years into her adult life, where she was just at the end of herself. And she said, she just cried out to God. And she's like, God, I, I don't even know. I am such a mess right now. I do not know what to do. Help me. 
And at that moment, the Lord started bringing scripture back to her that she didn't even know she knew anymore. Literally, she didn't even know that she knew it, but she had hidden it. Literally, she had hidden it in her heart. Amen. And at that point, the Lord just started pouring his word back into her heart because she was ready for it. And she came back to the Lord in a fierce way. And she loves Jesus now. And it's such an incredible testimony of her mom's faithfulness to teaching her the word of God, setting that foundation for her as a child. So don't be scared. You've set that foundation. And you know what? The decision is up to them, but all you can do is what God has called you to do and then continue praying for your child. And I think all of our kids at some point or another, they're going to start asking questions and they're going to start doubting. And I think sometimes that's a really good thing because they can't ride into heaven on your coattails. They have to own their own salvation and they Mm -hmm. can't own it until they start questioning it and asking why, why do I believe what I believe? I hope you guys have enjoyed this last episode of my session with Miki Addison from the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. Again, you guys can access that entire conference for only $20 at homegrowngeneration.com. You'll have access to all of the sessions as well as the swag bag, and you'll have access to the 2020 conference as well, uh, just by signing up. 20 bucks, homegrowngeneration.com. If you guys would do us a favor and leave a review, so whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, um, on a podcast app, would you leave a review and let others know how this podcast will be an encouragement to them as well? And if you have not yet signed up for our newsletter, go to schoolhouserocked.com, subscribe to our newsletter there and keep in the loop and keep up to date on what we have going on. Stick around till the end of the show for a preview of what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. When the pilgrims came, they were coming looking for religious liberty, looking for freedom for themselves. And for those that remember the pilgrim story, they had gone to Holland, uh, they were raising their kids in Holland, and then they had some freedom there, but not as much freedom as they had hoped initially. And then they saw their kids begin to embrace some of the the ways of some of the other individuals in Europe and Holland. And they said, that's not how we want our kids to to grow up. They said, "We, we want a different place. We can have the full freedom we want and we can raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So they come to America The reason all this context matters is the very first education law passed in America was passed in 1647. It was passed up in those early New England colonies. The law starts off explaining it is the one chief project of that old deluder Satan to keep men from the knowledge of scriptures as in former times. And the law goes on for several pages, but it starts with the premise that the devil's main objective is to keep us, to keep our kids from knowing the knowledge of the word of God.